Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, loving God. The other day I was asked a question. I was having a conversation with a Christian brother and he said to me, do you love God? And I thought about it a minute because we most instinctively say, yes, I love God. And in fact, I did respond, yes. But then I thought, you know, it needs a better answer than that. I need to say sort of what does it mean to love God? And that requires more thought. What does it mean to love God? And then, in addition, a pastor friend of mine was mulling over a sermon he was going to preach, and he wanted to explore the question, why do you love the Holy Spirit? So, do you love the Holy Spirit? So this is how all this thought process came. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, Christians, we glibly say often, if someone asks us, do you love God? We simply say yes, without much thought. Now, now why do we do that? Well, I think intuitively we do that because the scripture commands us to love God. We probably know the first greatest of all the commandments is given in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. It's called the Shema, which means hear, hear, O Israel, the Lord is God. Yahweh is God. And Yahweh, the Lord, is one. And you shall love the Lord, Yahweh, your God, with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Now, Jesus added one word to that when he added the word mind. We're to love God with our entire being, and this is the greatest of the commandments. But then we ask the question, if we think much, well, how do you command love? And then we have to probe another question. Because, you see, love is a response to being loved. How do I learn to love, for instance, my parents? Well, we're born into the world and we have a mother and that's usually the first figure that we know beyond a doubt that we love. And the reason we love her is because she provides for us. She gives us nurture and she gives us food. Uh, she talks uh, lovingly to us and, and then others begin to do that. In other words, they show positive vibration, shall we say, love, affection, and care for us. And this prompts in us kind of response. Now, maybe we think we shouldn't have that with reference to God, but in reality, God does do God things that elicits our love. And I think that's the reason that the commandment is there. We should love, it doesn't say you should, it says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And Jesus said that that's the truth. So we must love God. So do you love God? Well, how do I show that I love God? And why should I love God? Well, these are questions to ponder. They're questions to bring out in us prayer to look up to God and tell him, I want to love you more. Uh, to, 
to tell God, show me, Lord, even more of how much you have loved me and pull out from my heart all the gratitude, affection, and obedience that you deserve as a son who is so much attached to you and who loves you and wants to please you and wants to reflect you in his life and to others around us. Well, 1 John really helps us in this respect. 1 John is a great epistle. It's a epistle of love. It's called the epistle of love. And the reason for that is because it's written by Jesus' best friend, his apostle, John the Beloved. Possibly he was one of the younger ones. I really don't know. But we know this. He's the only one of the 12 that lived to old age and died, as we say, of natural causes. All the rest were put to death because of their love for God and their zealous service. And even John served time on the Isle of Patmos. But he is known as the Apostle of Love. And he wrote the Gospel of John, which talks about the love of Christ. And he wrote the first epistle of John also that speaks about the love of God and our loving God and our loving Christ. So let's just think about this for just a little bit today. If I turn to 1 John chapter 4, we have these wonderful words being written. Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Now, when we read that, we must not immediately put in our minds sentimental thoughts or emotional gushiness. God's love is strong. God's love is real, and God's love is concrete. And to love as God loves is not just sentimentalism, is not warm fuzzies. What goes on? How do we know about God's love? Well, John writes us, God's love was revealed among us in this way. So the Bible here is telling us, John is telling us, that God loves us. How do we know God loves us? Because God did actions on our behalf to bring us into his foe, to bring us into his family. That means that we were not in his family. In our natural state, we are not the children of God. We're creatures of God. We've been made in God's image, but we are fallen the image in us is fallen. We inherited from our father Adam and mother Eve when they sinned against God in the garden. Our nature was changed, and we are born not the friends of God, but the scriptures say we are born hostile to God, enemies of God. We are self-centered. We want the world to revolve around us, and if God's there and he'll do things for us, and we appreciate that, or we'll just use it anyway and say, a tip of the hat. 
But how do we know God loves us? And why does God undertake to do this for us? Well, we know God's love because God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son, that's his unique son, his beloved son, his only begotten son, into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, you may not be familiar with that word propitiation. We don't use it every day. Propitiation means an atoning sacrifice. It means, I'm going to read a note from the Bible. The word propitiation has to do with the removal of divine wrath. Jesus' death is the means that turns God's wrath from the sinner. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 states how he does that. God made him who knew no sin to be sin. He made the sacrifice for us. He bore our punishment so that we might know God, so that we might be redeemed and know by him. Now, he goes on. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Dear friends, if God so loved us in this way, we must also love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is perfected, brought to maturity in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us, he's given to us from his spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. In this, love is perfected with us, comes to maturity with us, so that we may have confidence in that day of judgment. For we are his as he is in this world. There's no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Now, we can read over those words and we hear, hear them. We love him because he first loves us. But notice that his love for us took a tremendous sacrifice. It took the gift of his unique son, the incarnate one, the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, who bore our sins in his own body, was lifted up so that God could righteously and justly forgive us and adopt us as his children. We are not born children of God by natural birth, and we are not made children of God by religious ritual. We become children of God by the supernatural working of God through his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can do that work in our lives because of the sacrifice of the Son. And the reason the Son came and gave his life is because God is love and God loves his elect. 
He loves those whom he has chosen from all eternity to give as a gift of love to his beloved Son. So we love God because he first loved us. We love the Father because he first loved us. And we love Jesus because he loved us. We should never think that Jesus was a reluctant sacrifice for our sins. No. He willingly came because he loved us. Listen to what Jesus himself said to his disciples. He's preparing them in the upper room for what he is going to do on their behalf, in our behalf, in just a few hours from thence. And he tells them, I'm going away, and you're going to be sad, and you're going to miss me. But notice this, that I will give you, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, another counselor, a helper to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. And then he goes on to say this, In a little while the world will see me no longer, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. Now, they're going to see him in a few days when he's resurrected from the dead. And for 40 days, they're going to see him off and on. And then he's going to ascend into heaven. In that day, you will know that I'm in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. The one who has this commandment, my commands, and keeps him is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I also will love him and will reveal myself to him. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. So you see, God loves us. The Father loves us. And Jesus loves us. And Jesus said this in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, the sheep is not anybody. It's not just everybody. The sheep are particular people. They're the people who come to faith in Christ. They come because of the working of the Holy Spirit through the preached gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel might be read. The gospel might be shared. The gospel might be taught. The gospel might be preached, but the word of truth about Jesus Christ, who he is and what he has done must be proclaimed that Jesus lived a perfect sinless life. He died on behalf of sinners. He was buried. He was raised physically and immortally from the grave. He ascended into heaven and there he reigns at the right hand of the father and there he intercedes for his own and he will come again to receive them unto himself. And Jesus says in John 15 that greater love has no man than this. Let me read it. John 15, verse 12. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. Now notice, this is a, a greater commandment, a newer commandment. Why? Because it tells us the measure of love. It's not just a command to love. It's not just a commandment to be affectionate. It's not just a commandment to, to be forgiving. It's a commandment to love in the same way as Jesus loves us. That's our goal. That's our standard. That's what we must do. We must love one another as Jesus has loved us. So this is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that someone will lay down his life for his friends, and you are my friends if you do what I command you. Well, what does he command us? He commands us to believe on him. 
He commands us to follow him. He commands us to share him. He commands us to live for him and for his glory. So let me ask you the question, do you love God? Do you appreciate what he's underdone for you? Do you understand what he's done for you? If so, you cannot latch on to yourself, your own sins, your own ways, and go without submitting to him, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to acknowledging him as the Savior and the Redeemer, and to giving your life to him. Because love elicits love. We love him because he first loved us. And if we love him, then that love will be manifested in our belief in him and in our sharing the love of Christ with others who belong to him in the fellowship of the redeemed, known as the assembly of Christians. So how much do you love God? Ah, that's a question we need to ponder. It's a question we can grow in. I love God. I love Jesus. In fact, I want to tell him that. Father, I love you because you love me. Because you cared for me so much that you sent your only begotten son who bore my sin that I might know you as father and I might call you father. And oh, Lord Jesus Christ, I love you because you love me and laid down your life for me. Father and Lord Jesus, I want to love you more. May your blessed Holy Spirit stir in me a greater knowledge of your love for me and a greater outpouring of my love for you. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights.